I think it becomes important from a capacity perspective of the clients we serve, they are either going to fill us and fuel us with energy or they're going to take energy away. And so when I look at clients, I say yes to. So I'm still good with saying yes, but I'm more thoughtful today around who I say yes to and why I'm saying yes to working with them because they're the type of client that fuels me, gives me energy. What are you committed to getting done consistently? And is there anything you can just let go of? Things that you do, but maybe they don't actually do anything for your business. Is there anything you can just stop doing? I'm Susan Bowles, and you're listening to Break the Ceiling, the show where we break down unconventional strategies you can use to save time, boost your profit, and increase your operational capacity. If you've been listening to all the episodes in this maintenance mode theme, almost universally, every business owner has talked about hitting some kind of burnout or a trigger where they realized that they personally couldn't keep working the way they were working. They all encountered this recognition that their own personal capacity was reduced. Either they were caring for a family member, realizing they were burnt out, or trying to handle the load of virtual school and no childcare for a year. For me, that moment of recognition forced me to realize that my realistic maximum capacity was way lower than I thought it was. Over the past year, I have lowered that capacity bar over and over and over again. And eventually, instead of thinking about my maximum capacity, I started reframing it to think about what was my realistic bare minimum capacity? What are the things that I am 100% committed to that have to get done to keep the business running? And then just letting everything else get done as I can manage to get it done or letting go of it needing to happen at all. And I think that transition as founder or business owner is part of preparing for maintenance mode. This clarity around what is important to your business and filtering out what you can let go of because we all have a maximum capacity, a ceiling of how much work we wanna do or how much our business can handle. This is true for our business, but also true for us as individuals. And so when you're preparing your business for maintenance mode, you need to examine your own capacity as a founder. You need to think about your own energy, your priorities, your own boundaries. In order to prepare your business for maintenance mode, you need to step back, look at the big picture and think strategically. And that is virtually impossible if you are stressed and exhausted. That exhaustion and burnout and re-examination are exactly what happened to my guest, Finka Yurkovic. Finka is a coach, speaker, and author of the book, Sell From Love. She helps service-based professionals and entrepreneurs fall in love with selling so that they can sell with more confidence. You went through a pretty tough period as a founder and ended up going through this period of burnout. So talk to me a little bit about what was happening in your business or your life kind of before you recognized that you had hit that point. So this was, you know, I don't know if you've ever set those like the year of, and you, you set a theme, this is the year of courage. This is the year of, you know, um, ambition, whatever it is for, for me, particularly in this year, it was the year of yes. 
And I said that whatever came my way, I would not say no to. So any opportunity, any speaking event, um, I was really wanting to step outside my comfort zone and access the courage zone where I knew if I was able to say yes to more things that scared me, that I would be who I wanted to be, but also build the business that I wanted to build. And so, you know, that was January of 2018. And I started with the year of yes. And it's it, it's a, such a powerful mantra because I do believe that there is an energy we bring when we say yes, when we are open, when we are receptive, when we are willing to do things, one that might scare us, but also open to do things that might actually open up new doors. And so I'm going to say there was nothing wrong with the year of yes. Um, and I'll tell you what went wrong down the way. <laughs> Yeah, I love it as, a, as a concept. <laughs> it's a great idea. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to say, you know, so what ended up happening, you know, I started saying yes, like literally to everything. And I ended up, it was December 10th, 2018. I will never forget that day. I had just come off of a six week um, speaking circuit going across Canada. But when I coupled the whole year, I went to Ireland, I went to Amsterdam, I hopped all over the US and all over Canada, totaling 38 speaking events. Whew. Exactly, doesn't that already sound exhausting? <laughs> and it, it only took me to December 10th, like really, it wasn't sooner than that. I remember it was, a, it was, it was in September, I was in San Francisco and I was doing, um, a, I had a, a keynote at 11 o'clock for it was 300 financial advisors in a room. And then as soon as I finished that, had a quick bite with them for lunch, I hopped into an Uber that drove me to another, they rented some meeting room and this team gathered together uh, a group of 12 of them for me to do a team building workshop all on the same day. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm exactly. just tired just thinking about it. <laughs> So I was, I, I ended up, so December 10th, completely burnt out, completely exhausted. And I actually wasn't yet, that was the day of the last event. I thought, oh, I'm so excited. I have three weeks off for the holidays now. That was the last event. I can't wait to spend the time with my family, um, you know, hang out with them for the holidays and just really be present and enjoy that moment. Well, Susan, that didn't happen. What happened was I was running at, you know, 220 miles an hour. And then just picture hitting a brick wall mm -hmm. and everything stopped. And all of a sudden, like my system, and I'll say my adrenal system, my emotional system, my intellectual system, it didn't know what to do with not doing nothing because everything stopped. And so that was hard. <laughs> that was really hard. <laughs> I came off of such a buzz that all of a sudden doing nothing felt really, I'm going to say uncomfortable and I didn't know what to do with myself. And so I spent, you know, the three weeks that I had all these wonderful plans of spending with my family, I actually spent in a valley <laughs> of, and I think this is what happens, you know, when we burn ourselves out, when we work really hard and when we overextend ourselves, all of a sudden, we end up depleted with energy. We um, become disconnected. And that's what I felt in that moment. 
And also in that moment, I was extremely depressed. Um, and so it wasn't the, the holiday that I was looking for, but definitely, um, you know, the burnout and working myself so hard, uh, was what created that state that I was experiencing in that moment. Yeah. I, that, that seems to be a pretty common reaction when all of a sudden all of the work you've been doing just stops and you have this opportunity for a break. Uh, my friend Michelle dealt with it and she basically said that she couldn't do anything but watch Grey's Anatomy for like the next six months. Like yeah. she was just so depleted that she was completely unable to do anything pretty much at all. It's such an interesting um, moment when we have that experience because, you know, when you have someone, a colleague or a friend that might be going through it, you know, it's like, no, just get up and do it. You can do it. You could, you could try to kind of fill them up with some mm -hmm. positive motivation or just, yeah, you can, or some championing. And it's like, no, no it doesn't work when you're in this state of <laughs> you mind. Just can't and do it. You, you can't, you just, it's like, no, I have no will. I have no desire. I have no energy. And you really start to understand, especially when people hit valleys, like I've become, you know, even that much more conscientious and you're that much more compassionate and understanding of what it's like when you're in a depressed state because you know there's nothing like it's almost like it's better to love something or like disloathe it like to have those extremes than to be indifferent and when you're in that depressive state you're indifferent because you don't feel anything i don't love anything i don't loathe anything i'm just too tired to want anything and it's it's not a fun place to be not a fun place no. to be. So, so talk yeah. to me a little bit about how you thought about kind of your capacity as a business owner when you were going through this year of yes. So you were taking on all of these speaking engagements, you were working, you were, you were cramming everything into every available hour. How did you think about your capacity in those kind of before moments? You know, in those moments, I thought I could do it all. And I'm going to say there is a part of me that still believes that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's my overachiever self. Uh, what I think else, what was the biggest part for me that I'm going to say, I, I did say yes to way too much and about my capacity. There is a place where looking back at it now, there were certain things that I could have said no to. And I'll say certain types of clients. And those were the ones when I worked with certain teams and individuals or conferences that I ended up doing where they weren't actually fueling my energy. I was actually depleted and, um, it was interesting. It was an interesting, it was one particular uh, speaking circuit that I was on and they're a very, um, uh, performance driven culture to a fault where it, you know, it was just a, a pr pressure cooker. And so when you're working in with an environment like this, I ended up putting myself in too many situations of client scenarios this way, which I believe attributed, or I can contribute to the reason why I felt so burnt out at the end of the year. So I think it becomes important from a capacity perspective of the clients we serve they are either going to fill us and fuel us with energy or they're going to take energy away. And so when I look at clients, I say yes to, so I'm still good with saying yes, but I'm more thoughtful today 
around who I say yes to and why I'm saying yes to working with them because they're the type of client that fuels me, gives me energy and, you know, won't put me in a state of burnout where in that particular year, I said yes to everything and anything. And the lesson from that was, Hey, good job. And <laughs> you could do that. And now let's be a little bit more thoughtful around what type of opportunities you want to say yes to. So I still want to say yes to opportunities that stretch me, that pull me outside my comfort zone, but not yes to clients that, um, they can probably still get definitely benefit. We can get benefit from working with each other. However, if I walk away feeling not as good as a human as I did before I walked in, I don't want to work in that environment. <laughs> so, so that has become a real, um, I say cornerstone of how I make decisions today than what I did then. So I think it's important that we take a look at who we are serving. So when we're saying yes, it is about saying yes to opportunity. It is about saying yes to work because we want to go out there and do our work at the same time, really being mindful and thoughtful around who we are saying yes to. Um, is this client going to fuel your energy? Is it going to give you energy or are you going to walk away feeling, you know, not as good as of a human as you could be because of the fact that you worked with a particular type of client. Mm. So one of the things that was also happening for me in that particular year, I was by the summer, I had already booked out a really, you know, I think I had 11 or 12 events booked for September, October, November. So that kind of fall speaking um, season. And I had already known that I am going to be way much more on an airplane than I want to be. And so, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, a number of years ago, say five years ago, I used to live in the city and we moved out to the country on 85 acres to live a more, you know, nature-based outdoor type lifestyle. Outdoor as much, actually we do, our, we're outside a lot. I'm like, we're in Canada, so how we're outside a lot. Um, and and so I knew I also wanted to build a business that was sustainable financially and um, good for the soul and the human heart, while at the same time, I didn't want to be on a plane all the time. And when I reflected on that year of 2018, I was on a plane for like a good chunk of the year, which was taking me away from my life and my values because part of my values was, you know, to be more environmentally conscientious, to live a more farm to table lifestyle, to my family, you know, my number one priority. And all of a sudden, even though they were coming with me on some of these uh, events where I was going, uh, they were coming along with me, it still didn't feel the same as being at home on our farm and, and working and building what we wanted to build here. And so this was one of the things that I did in 2018 that also helped uh, me figure out what I could and cannot say yes to moving forward. So depending on what type of person you are, I know how I'm wired. I'm a type of person, I'm overambitious, uh, type A personality, willing to say yes. And unfortunately, and fortunately, sometimes I take on way too much. As a result, I, I can tend to put myself in a burnout position. Um, 
you know, <laughs> um, unwill, like sometimes it's beknownst to me that I'm doing it. And sometimes it's just, you know, like in that moment it was coming up, but I knew I could see it coming, coming. And so I'm getting to the point of what I want to tell you guys. <laughs> so what I did in 2018 is I put a wrench in my plans and the wrench was this. I needed to create an environment that would force me to stay grounded, meaning I needed to put something that I could never negotiate out of that would allow me to eventually say, be very thoughtful and strategic around what I said no, said no to. So what events I said yes to and what events I said no to. So I would not find myself in a burnout position again. So when we moved to the farm, about a year into living here, I started imagining, oh, wouldn't it be great to have horses just, you know, in on the front field, you know, that I can look out my office and I, I see some horses. Uh, my daughter, uh, ironically and coincidentally, fell in love with horses and she started riding. And and so in that year, um, we started looking for horses. And that was the, the wrench I needed to put in my life, meaning I actually, we went out, we got two horses we built a paddock a barn fencing and all of a sudden it actually forced me because now i had to be at home more versus on a plane and so it was kind of like this external environmental um i call it a wrench <laughs> but an <laughs> in, in, environment yeah so i needed to put this outside environmental wrench into my routine so that when it came to, because I know my tendency, my tendency is to say yes. My tendency is to say, I want to help you. I want to serve you. I want to, you know, I, if I have something that was going to help you, then yes, I'm going to say yes to doing that. And so this was a way to self-manage myself because my environment said, Finca, you need to be at home. You can't be on planes. You got to help your family. You got to help your daughter take care of these horses. You got to take her to horse events and all this wonderful stuff that comes with this lifestyle. And so it was like an, a wonderful wrench um, to put in my life because at the same time, it actually, you know, it, it created, it, it creates the lifestyle that I end up living because of it. But that was a thing I needed to do so I wouldn't let myself get into another burnout state. I if that love, makes sense. I love that because <laughs> I am, I am the same. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I will take on anything and everything, mm -hmm. especially if I'm in a like a period where I'm really excited about it. I will do the let me book all of these interviews and meetings and let me do all of these workshops. And then when it comes to actually do them, I'm in a different state. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I have all of this work that I've agreed to do and it could get really exhausting. So I love the idea of creating some environmental systems around how do you force yourself to limit your capacity or to think about managing your energy in a little bit more effective way ways that work for you yeah exactly and that and that not managing that energy meaning let's think about the clients we're saying yes to and then look at the environment and say okay how could you put some of these control mechanisms in place that can prevent us from saying yes to work that we might be excited in this moment but if you know you can't do that because you got to be here or do this or whatever it is. It helps you. It just got me to pause for a moment before I rushed to the yes. Like my husband always like when we'd be out for, with friends and someone says, hey, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And he looks at me. He's like, but we already have plans on the weekend. Like, what's wrong with you? 
you know, because I'm just such a yes person. I'm just so quick to be like, so for me, it's been, uh, you know, not a, it's like a training of, you know, take a moment to pause before you get so excited to say yes, to think twice about it, to make sure it's a double yes before a, just a yes, because I'm excited right now. Hey there, it's Susan. If you've been listening to this interview and it's making you think about some of these issues and ideas, and you wish you could talk to some other real live business owners about it, I wanted to invite you to my free monthly roundtable, Dollars and Decisions. Once a month, I get together live with a group of amazing business owners just like you to geek out on money and operations and workflow and software, all that stuff that you hear me talk about here. The roundtable is kind of like a live interactive version of the podcast. So I would love to have you join me. To join the next roundtable, head to scalespark.co slash dollars and decisions, no spaces, no hyphens, or you can just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Okay, so let's kind of go back to that burnout. How did you recognize that it was happening and how did you approach trying to recover? What were, what were some signs you noticed or some strategies that you tried? Talk to me about that kind of recovery, if you want to call it that process. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, the first thing was, you know, starting the holiday season, not feeling excited and energized to spend it with my family, but really feeling exhausted and debilitated from the year that I had. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, looking back on that time, I am so grateful for my husband and my daughter and that having a support team around you that allows you to, I'm going to say, sit and be in your valley, no matter mm -hmm. how badly he wanted me to come out of it. And it was hard for him. I, I look back on that moment and I, because when I know when he feels bad, I want to do everything in my power to fix it, but really having the conversations with him around, you can't fix this. I need to go through this and just letting him know and my daughter know what was happening for me in that moment that I wasn't at my, I wasn't feeling good and this is the cause of it. And I will get back to that place of feeling good, but for now, don't try to force me to fix this because right now I can't fix it. And I think allowing them giving me space to just be in the valley. And that's what we called it. You know, I was in the valley. And then um, one of the things I did know I needed, I needed uh, some time away from home for a little bit. And I needed some time to reflect and, you know, reconnect back to myself because it was going to be very, the thing with burnout is when we come off of, you know, when we're in that state, it's a very challenging state to make a decision from. So you don't want to be making, you know, uh, rash business decisions. You don't want to be closing programs off or saying no to particular clients. You don't want to be making some of those big decisions in that moment because we're not in our best state. Uh, cause that those might be some decisions we're going to regret later. So the best is almost like, don't make any decision when you're not in the, have the emotional capacity to make a confident and clear decision. And I literally booked a seven day trip to uh, Arizona um, by myself. First time I went away by myself, not for work and not for fun and family. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> I needed to reconnect. And so 
I spent a week in Sedona, um, the best week. I, I, you know, I, I, I walked a lot. I hiked a lot. Uh, I spent, did some spiritual deep work with some, um, you know, mentors in, in that area to really spend, um, I think, yeah, every day I had like a moment in my morning, I did a morning walk. I went and did some spiritual deep work. Then I had the rest of the day to hike and just, you know, uh, go through just, you know, just be out there with, be out with, um, in, 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 uh, in nature and do all that wonderful thing, uh, do all that wonderful stuff outside. And then I came back and I did that for, you know, for a week and I came and it was what I needed to reconnect back to myself. I still came back. I wasn't a hundred percent complete and I did not work. <laughs> I'm going to say I did not work for three months. I, um, for 2019, I literally took three months off of my work and didn't, you know, speak. I didn't, um, proactively seek clients out. And I believe it was the end of March It was March 25th around there when I actually had my first training that I was teaching. And uh, by then I was ready. Uh, but I, it was this moment of, you know, needing to recover, reconnect and come back to a place of saying, you know, um, yeah, just coming back to back to finding myself. And the beauty of what happened afterwards was I got really clear on what my next steps were. And step one was write the book that I've been wanting to write all these years and to finally make a commitment to it. And for the rest of 2019, I wrote the manuscript for Sell From Love. And so what I'll say is burnout has many gifts. It gives us a moment to pause. It gets us to go in our valley. It helps us create, be very practice being clear with our communication. Like I had to practice with my husband and my daughter around declaring my needs and setting boundaries and what I needed, but then also doing the biggest thing that I've ever done for myself was take myself on a vacation, um, which I've never done before and giving myself that gift and just allowing myself. And then I'm going to say the three months of not taking work, practicing trust. I had to trust myself enough that even though I wasn't, you know, in quotation selling stuff that I'm going to have the means and the needs to put food on the table, uh, once I get out of this situation that I was in. And, you know, and I'll say, you know, 2019, even though I was off for three months from working, uh, from a revenue and ROI perspective was even better than 2018. I think that's so interesting because I think the fear of a lot of business owners is that if you take a break, it'll all be gone, um, that you won't have anything to come back to, that you can't afford to take a break or you can't afford to take just a second to breathe or to recalibrate. Um, and for some people, maybe three months is not realistic to be able to take from from your business. But I think especially in when you're in burnout it can be really difficult to have faith that you'll have something to come back to if you take a day off if you take even you know if you take a week off um that urgency can really impact how you view being able to take breaks was that was that something you struggled with or it was something where you could just say this is what has to happen and whatever happens happens I think what happened, you know, I, I talk about it in, in self from love, like the self from love, the opposite isn't hate. It's, it is fear. 
Um, and so that notion of whenever I know, so now what I notice in myself, if I say, I'm afraid, if I don't say yes, I'm, you know, the funnel is going to dry up or <laughs> the wellspring is mm -hmm. going to dry up. That is a notion that is a trigger for me already that I need to be thinking twice about that client that I'm saying yes to. If I, if it's being motivated from a place of, I'm afraid if I don't say yes, what might happen? That already is a moment for me to say, okay, go write about this a little bit, go journal about it, maybe go for a walk and contemplate on it for a little bit before you make that decision. So I think it becomes a real, so for me, this whole notion of, am I making decisions? Am I saying yes to things that are coming and being motivated from love? They're from a place of goodness and wanting to serve, or is it coming from a place of fear that if I don't do this, I will miss out on something or I will not get enough of something or that clients won't say yes to me. And I'm going to say, like, even though like, I'm like, I wrote a book on it, I still struggle with it, <laughs> right? Because one, I'm human. And when you think about the last 12 months of going through a pandemic, we have, there were many moments where it's like, I'm like, oh, I better say yes to these clients because if I don't say yes, the, again, there might... The, there's a pandemic, there's economic consequences of a pandemic. Maybe they won't have a budget or money to spend for work that might come after. And, and so then again, I found, I, and I'm going to say it completely transparent with you. I could see myself saying yes to, and I have through this last 12 months of that. Was there the fear of, if I don't say yes to this work might not come. Yeah. And at the same time, there's also been. I've said no to work because I also know and trust myself enough that this wellspring of business when it's fueled from this place of love is also like, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have an end. Like it's, it's bottomless. Um, and so I think there's a, a trust and faith that we build in ourselves. And we also need to recognize that we are human. We will fear fear. We will feel fear, acknowledge it when it's happening and when we're making decisions about it. That's okay because as soon as you're acknowledging and conscious that you're making a decision about it and it's coming from fear, you're already starting from a place of love. You're already in a place because you've, you've saying, oh, look, I, I said yes to that. Like I actually have fun with myself now. It's like, oh, that was interesting. I, I said yes to that and that was from fear. That's okay. You know, I, I can see that now. And now what will I do with that moving forward? And that's when we can start saying, okay, what will I do next when we can make those decisions when we can reflect on the decisions we've made from fear. Yeah, I think this idea of making decisions from a place of fear is really interesting, you know, especially going back to your whole year of yes, saying yes to things that, you know, the point was to get you over that fear hurdle to get you into a place where you're saying yes to things that maybe are a little bit uncomfortable. And I think it's interesting to really be very conscious of where that fear is coming from and what that fear is telling you you know is it yeah. telling you that you're uncomfortable saying yes to this because you're afraid you won't do a good job or you know imposter syndrome's coming up or whatever versus you know fear of scarcity i think mm -hmm. it's it's an interesting perspective that i hadn't really thought about before mm -hmm. yeah and, and if 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 we make a lot of, if a lot of our decisions are coming from fear, we will inevitably end up in a place of burnout. Mm. We can definitely still, you know, we're, we're human, so we're going to make decisions from fear. If we bring a level of awareness and consciousness to the fact that we are making decisions from fear, 
all of a sudden we start transmuting the power that fear has on us, on us, which might mean I might notice myself before I get into burnout and start, you know, uh, doing something to mitigate that. So I don't end up in burnout. Or when I finally, like for me in that year of burnout, I could see myself getting there. I knew that I could end up in, and I did, I ended up in a place of burnout, but I also knew I was making decisions. I got to say, yes, I got to say yes, or else the well is going to dry up. So to mitigate that potential of me doing that again, let me put horses in my life and let me (laughs) do that. So I know I can mitigate that for the years to come once I get myself out of that state of burnout and uh, where I needed to recover from. It was interesting because 2018 was the year of yes. 2019 was the year of no. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, no, I didn't work with clients. No, for three months, you know, Um, and it was about no social media. I wasn't out and prevalent on social media because I was just like, no, that was taking way too much energy. I needed to spend time writing and cultivating the body of work of writing my book. So there was like the year of no. And and so now looking back at it all, and I'll say, you know, we're in 2021. And, and as I looked at 2020 to 2021, I, I look at yes and no in a different lens. So it's not about, so when we say, you know, like when we talk about setting boundaries, like as soon as you say yes to something, you have to say no to something else. So when you say yes to this means you're saying no. That was the kind of the school of thought I, I was taught in when it came to boundary setting. And what I'm learning about boundaries and about what we say yes to is, and this is where I'm looking at my business and saying, okay, I want to say yes to that work, but does that work mean that I have to, like, what are some of the resources that I need to create around me to allow me to do that work? So it's not anymore saying I'm saying no to that work, but what are some of the what is the capacity I have to build in my business? So whether it's systems, whether it's hiring individuals, whether it's delegating, you know, this past week and last week, I'm so proud of my delegating skills (laughs) because how I build more capacity to say yes is not by me taking on more, but it's actually empowering the people that are on my team to help them take on more. So we're all saying yes to the right things within our own realms of capacity and what we're here to do. Yeah, I think that's an interesting approach to capacity, which is not that you can't say yes. It's that when you say yes, you understand that there might be systems or structures or support that you need in order to say yes to that thing that you really want to say yes to. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I love the work that I get to do with clients and I don't want to limit, you know, how many people I can work with. And so what are some of the things that I needed to do in my business over the last, you know, 18 months in order to create that capacity so I could still say yes to serving, you know, the clients that I get to work with by building some of these um, foundational pieces so that way I can continue to say yes to that work. So I think that becomes important because, you know, originally I thought, oh, if I say yes to that work, that means I have to say no to family time or I have to say no to that other client or no. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to work like that. We can actually say yes to it, but be mindful around, okay, if I say yes to that work, who needs to take on the three pieces to get that work happening? So I don't need to do it anymore. So I can continue to, you know, show up in my business and in my, in my, in my life and on my farm with my family. Yeah. I think that is a 
perfect place to kind of start wrapping this up on. But is there anything you think we should talk about or touch on that we haven't yet? No, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to say echoing and remember that if there is a moment Actually, I'm going to say there is one place. Let me, let me go. <laughs> there is something <laughs> came to mind. So one of the things with burnout is I don't want to make ourselves wrong for experiencing burnout because once we find ourselves in a state of burnout or on the verge of burnout, what we often can do is we start punishing ourselves with, oh, I can't believe I did this. How did I get myself into this situation? I've been here before. I should know better that doesn't help our cause. So having a really good dose of self-compassion and loving kindness towards ourself is super important because if we put that punitive voice on top of our burnout, we actually bury ourselves a little bit deeper. And, and so what I know of, you know, situations where we find ourselves in burnout, what we can do to plan for the future of a situation is Maybe it's just starting to notice what some of the triggers might be, what might get you into burnout state and start proactively managing those things so we don't get ourselves in that state. And so that's where, you know, I, I'm going to invite you to think about what's the wrench you can put in your business or in your life that will help you uh, stay anchored to your mission and to your values and what you really want to create in your business. Perfect. Uh, where can our listeners find you if they want to connect with you and learn more about what you do? Yeah. So you can, uh, listen to me on the sell from love podcast or visit me at sellfromlove.com. Uh, and, uh, we've got, um, I, you know, I also encourage you to read the book. It's a powerful book around, you know, how do you make decisions that, help you feel more anchored and aligned to who you are, uh, but also building a business that feels good to you because you're working with clients that you love and they adore you and uh, having that confidence you need to go out there and uh, put yourself out there, which we always need to be doing. Managing your own energy as a business owner is crucial to making sure that you're building a business that you love and that supports you, whether you are in maintenance mode, growth mode, or somewhere in between. One of my favorite takeaways from this interview was the idea that you can say yes to as much as you want, but say yes with the understanding that there might be systems or support or processes that you need to build in order to be able to say yes. And that to me is the essence of building systems into your business. Those systems allow you to have the freedom to say yes when you want to, or to say no and take a step back. The same systems that help repair our business for maintenance mode are the same systems that can help increase our capacity because they take the load off and give you more time. Time to step back or time to focus on growth. And the environmental wrenches that Finca talked about are actually just systems, ones that support her goal to relax and not work all the time. So are there environmental wrenches that you can throw into your own life or your own business to help support your energy as a founder? I'd love to talk to you about it. So I'm inviting you to my next Dollars and Decisions Roundtable. It's a finance and operations strategy session for business owners like you. And it's a great way to talk through some of the challenges you might be facing with managing your own capacity or how you're thinking about maintenance mode in your own business. You can register at scalespark.co slash dollars and decisions, 
or just click the link in the show notes. See you there. Break the Ceiling is produced by Yellow House Media. Our executive producer is Sean McMullen. Production coordinator is Lou Blazer. And this episode was edited by Nick Fershaw. Thank you.